0: This is episode 18 of The Milkman of St. Gaff's, Fish and Chips Part 2. Today, I'd like to give a very warm shout-out to a new patron, the mysteriously named Shadow Meow, a fly sprayer. Thank you very much for your support, and as always, thank you for listening. And as a last-minute addition, I'd like to thank two new patrons who signed up just as I was finishing up this episode. Thank you to Andrew Eisenberg, fly sprayer, and PNW Baba Yaga, also a fly sprayer. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support very much. It's time for The Milkman of St. Gavs, starring Howie the Milkman. The memory of my father's death flew through my mind after being buried since it happened. But I didn't have any time to think about that right now. It was the magician. He was stabbing Granard. This time, I didn't freeze. I leaped forward to push the thing away. In the process, I sort of tripped on the mop that had fallen in front of me, but still managed to give the magician a shove. He'd stabbed Granard once, but I stopped the second jab. Granard just stood there with this confused look and the color drained from his face and he was clutching his side. The magician recovered from my shove and turned, laughing at us. The milkman found some courage just in time to save the fish and chips man. He kept laughing and growing bigger and taller, his features distorting and bubbling. I grabbed Granard. Run! Run! Granard clued in just enough to follow me down the corridor. There was still some evening light coming in through the little slits above our heads. We ran a ways, and I didn't really know if the magician was after us. There were doors here and there. I picked one, and we went in. I closed the door, and we just stayed as quiet as we could. I didn't hear anything. Granard was breathing hard and didn't have any idea what was going on. His side looked like it was bleeding quite a bit. But he didn't seem to be all that hurt, really. "'What was that?' he whispered at me. "'It's something from underground. "'But but he's just a man, not some huge monster from the sinkholes. "'There's all sorts of things down there.' He looked right at me. "'How do you know?' "'Well,' I thought quickly, "'Father Whelan told me. "'And what do we do now?' I guess we just wait and try to hear if he's coming. And if we don't hear anything, we'll just sneak back out. Fine. I looked around the room in the fading light. It was full of electrical stuff. There were some boxes on a shelf. The label said vacuum tubes. This was pretty exciting. I grabbed one and looked inside, and they definitely looked like they would fit in the old army radio in Mr. Greenwood's yard. There's a touch of grey in every silver lining, I thought to myself, and it will all be worth it if I can get the thing working. So we just stayed there a while, listening at the door, but we didn't hear anything. The sun had set and it was nearly pitch black in the room now. Granard had his ear pressed up against the wall. He was really scared, more than me even. But I guess by now I'd seen a lot of pretty scary stuff. Shall we try to get out? He whispered. Okay, I said. He slowly opened the door, which of course creaked like crazy. We crept out into the corridor, and like I said, it was almost impossible to see anything by now since it was night. Luckily, we didn't have too far to go, so we tiptoed along, partly feeling our way. But everything seems to take a lot longer in the dark. Then Granard stopped. What was that? I thought I heard some muffled laughter too. It sounded far away, just keep going. So we kept going, until Granard stopped again. Now what is it? I could hear the alarm in his voice. It stopped. Then I felt it too. The corridor ended in what felt like a pile of rubble. I think the walls caved in, we went the wrong way. Then we heard the laughing again, closer. Did we miss a turn? I don't know, I said. We'll just have to go back and check. So back we crept in the dark. Was it this way? He asked. There was a turn off we must have missed. Maybe, but I don't remember turning to get to the electrical room. He took a few steps, then came running back. He grabbed me and we both ran through the bunker The scurrying stopped. It was just rats, I think. Granard started sucking in his breath really hard. (sighs) My god, my god, my god, I can't breathe. He was making me really nervous, more nervous than I already was. Granard, it was just some rats. We have to keep going. The way out has to be around here somewhere. So we kept feeling our way along, barely able to see anything. I had the distinct feeling that we were going on a downward slant. The walls started feeling wet, and there was some dripping, but I still had my box of tubes. But from his breathing, I could tell Granard was still petrified, so I didn't say anything that would make him freak out again. Then the floor started to get wet, and there weren't any side doors, and our feet were getting soaked, and it was getting cold, and once again Granard stopped walking my god my god we're going to die down here i'm still bleeding i want to get to get home i have to get home maybe he was right but it was still really irritating to have to keep trying to calm the man down especially since he'd been chasing me with a knife just a few hours earlier granard the tunnel's got to lead somewhere just keep going do you still have that knife i must have dropped it somewhere totally useless I was starting to shiver from the cold and the wet, and I thought if I found another turnoff, I might just run off and leave Granard to his own devices. He was really getting on my nerves. But after what seemed like a really long time, and us not finding anything except this long, straight corridor, the ground started inclining upwards again, and we came to a big, metal door. But it wasn't the one we came through. "'Oh, thank the Lord!' Granard exclaimed." We both pushed against the door, and eventually it came loose and opened. And there we were, still on the coast, but not anywhere I'd ever been before. There was a sparse kind of woods, and the waves crashing, the horizon out over the water was just turning red, so it must have been getting on towards dawn. But there was no road, no path, nothing to show us which way to go. We didn't say much, since there wasn't much to say. The only thing to do was to make our way along the coast and hope that we'd find something eventually. I was going to be in big trouble if I missed work because of this, and I didn't see any way I was not going to be missing work. I figured I'd just blame Granard, since this really was all his fault. You know, Granard, you're going to have to explain to my boss why I didn't make it to work this morning. He seemed to be shocked by this. I have to... You're the one who poisoned my food! It could have killed someone! That's my livelihood! Following me out here and chasing me with a knife seems like a bit of an overreaction, don't you think? It was nothing personal, you know. Well then what the hell was it? I held my chin up a bit so I would seem more grave. It's a matter of national security. I can't really tell you anything. You're off your rocker, buddy. Am I? And who saved you from getting stabbed down there? That's right, the guy you were there to stab yourself. Talk about putting the cart before the horse. Alright, forget it, let's just figure out how to get out of here and we won't say another word about it. Fine with me. Slowly but surely, the sun rose and we warmed up a bit. And then we saw some kind of human habitation ahead. We smelled it, really, before we saw it, fire and cooking, then later, tobacco smoke We kept picking our way over the rocks and through the trees along the coast until we saw a big dock. It was sort of mossy and broken-looking, and there was just one rowboat tied up there. There was a small collection of houses behind the dock with some smoke rising from a couple of chimneys, and on the dock were three old men in worn-out old fishermen's overcoats. Two of them were smoking pipes. Granard started waving his arms like an idiot. Hello! Hello there! We need help! And he ran down to the dock. I walked behind. The three old men turned slowly to face us. No surprise registered on their faces. In fact, nothing at all registered on their faces. Granard tried to explain everything to them. We got lost in a bunker. We've been walking all night. I'm injured. I need a doctor. Bunker? Yes, it goes all on the coast here. No, I I don't think so. And the old guy pulled on his pipe. I decided to try. Where are we? We need to get back to St. Gaff's. St. Gaff's? (laughs) Where are we? One gave me a long look. Uh, This be the village of Afterglay. Afterglay, Granard said. I've lived on this island my whole life and I've never heard of it. They just shrugged and kept watching us. Can someone at least drive us back down the coast to where our trucks are? Oh, No roads go up that way. At this point, a stocky man, maybe in his 50s, with a stripy sweater and a sailor's hat, appeared on the dock. He went right to the boat. Morning, fellows, he said. Found some new friends I see? Lost, they say. Just stumbled out of the woods, they say. Wanting to go to St. Gaff's to find their truck, apparently. No, our trucks are down the coast. We got lost in a bunker last night and just came out of a door up that way, and Granard pointed. The sailor screwed up his face. Bunker? That's what we told them, Jay. We never heard neither heads nor tails about any bunker. But they won't leave it alone, will they, fellows? They laughed. <laughs> no, they don't seem inclined to drop it at all. I piped up. Maybe you could take us down the coast in your boat. To where our trucks are. Now there's an idea. He's a bright one, he is. Jay gave us a big smile. Why, sure, sure, why not? He got in the boat and motioned us to hop in. We walked over. The boat was half rotten. In the bottom were some ropes and a big club. What's the club for? Bashing the fish. Ain't you never gone fishing, lad? Ah, one moment, I almost forgot. Then Jay the sailor hopped out and picked up a couple of cement building blocks I hadn't noticed sitting on the dock. He set them down close to the boat, got in himself, then pulled the blocks into the boat as well. For ballast, he said and winked at us. You boys getting in? Granard and I looked at each other. Maybe we shouldn't. We'll take the road instead. Suit yourself, Jay said, and he just sat there watching us and not going out to sea at all. Then Granard turned to me. "'Let's get out of here. Find someone else. These old boys are daft.' "'No kidding,' I said. So we walked off the dock and into the village. The old guys watched us go, chuckling to themselves. "'I'm telling you, boys, you won't find but the one road out of town, and it most assuredly won't take you to any trucks.' "'There's got to be someone sane here somewhere,' Granard said. "'Look, an inn. Maybe they can make us some breakfast.' And some bandages. We went in, and there was a young, buxom woman behind the bar. She looked pretty surprised to see us. Morning lass, could you bring us some breakfast, please, and bandages? Granard said. She smiled. Most certainly. Bacon and eggs and toast okay? Perfect. We sat down in the little dining room with white wallpaper... A bit peely, but pretty cheerful after the night we'd had. I think we both could have fallen asleep right there if we were so tired. The girl came back with some bandages. Granard took them and went to the bathroom to patch himself up. I sat there staring out the window. Nothing was moving outside and the only sound was the girl humming to herself from somewhere. Then Granard came back. What do you think? Do you think we'll have to walk all the way back to St. Gaff's? I don't know. Someone around here's got to have a car. We'll offer to pay them something. The girl brought in some tea. Any milk? Granard asked. Not fresh. We've only got condensed. She brought in a can and punched a hole in the top. Granard poured some in his tea. About this time, one of the old guys from the dock came in and sat at the bar. Randy, he said. Be there in a minute. You were saying? she asked. We were driving, and we got lost in a bunker. We walked all night and just came out above this place. Bunker? What's that? Like a buried trench that soldiers use. Fortifications? The old guy turned around at this point. Ah, the fortifications! Yes, indeed, I'd strongly recommend against wandering around those at night. Been known to collapse at points. Haven't been used in a generation. Granard perked up at this. So you know it, can you get us to the other end? Tut, tut, no lad, the only road out goes to St. Gaff's. And can someone drive us there, we can pay. No, 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 no one here's got a motor car, no horses either. A delivery truck comes once a week to deliver supplies and pick up. The girl gave him a sharp look and cut him off. I've got to be checking on the breakfast, and she walked off. Another of the old guys came in. The first told the other that we were lost in the fortifications and needed to get to St. Gas. Then they whispered to each other a bit. Well, you boys are in luck. The delivery truck's coming into town tomorrow. I got pretty nervous about this. Tomorrow? I'm going to miss two days of work? We've got to get out of here. How long a walk is it? And the old guys chuckled. Oh, about two or three days, maybe? Why don't you fellows just take a room upstairs? Take it easy and you'll be home tomorrow afternoon. By this time, the food had arrived and it smelled so good, the idea of taking a forced mini-vacation didn't seem so bad after all. So we ate, with these two guys watching us. It was making me uncomfortable, so I decided to say something. So, are you guys fishermen? They nodded. "'Oh, yes, fishermen. Mostly we're all retired around here. Some were in the service.' "'So how many people live here?' They looked at each other. I guess they were trying to count up in their heads. The waitress sat on a stool nearby, watching all of this. "'It's hard to say, really, lad. It's just a small village, you know.' Then Granard piped up. "'But if it's small, shouldn't it be easier?' But they cut him off. And what exactly were you doing driving two trucks around this part of the island? Now it was our turn to look nervously at each other. We got lost. We were looking for a radio shed that someone told us about, but we couldn't find it, I said. The two old guys looked at each other. Radio shed? I don't think there's anything like that around these parts. There was another odd silence. Then one of them asked me, And what's your name, son? Howie. Howie is it? I knew a Sergeant Howie once. Any relation? I don't think so. Howie's my first name. They looked at each other again. We were done eating, and I was really tired of everyone looking at everyone suspiciously, so I stood up. Can we go to our room? I'm so tired. And I yawned. (sighs) The girl got up. Oh, I'll have to get it ready. No one's been here for such a long time, you see. "'Well, I'm going for a walk then. You want to come along, Granard?' "'No, I'm good here,' he said, feeling the bandages under his shirt. So out I went. There was a cool breeze coming off the water, but like I said, nothing was stirring. I started walking along what turned out to be the only street in town. But I didn't get too far before I noticed the old guys from the inn were following a ways back. I turned around, and one touched his head as if to say, "'Hello there!' It was a bit strange, but I kept going. There were maybe two dozen houses, a little store. You could really tell that the place was full of retired people, because the windows were all dusty, and a lot of the boards on the houses were faded and cracking. One house didn't even have a door, and there was a rusty bathtub in the front yard of another. It didn't even have any flowers in it. There was an old-fashioned wagon full of shiny milk canisters, like the ones I used. But like the man said there were no horses around the trees were all pretty overgrown there were some wagon trails that led off into the woods but i just kept the main road it was just gravel out past where all the houses were the undergrowth got thicker and mosquitoes and flies started buzzing all around me so i turned back the old guys weren't following me anymore then from one of the wagon trails two men about 30 or so appeared They were all sweaty and their sleeves were rolled up. They were talking to each other, but as soon as they saw me, they froze and stared. Then one smiled. Hey, you lost? No, just staying at the inn for the night, then heading back to town. He gave me a kind of salute. Have a nice time. And then he and his buddy disappeared down the track again. So I guess there were some non-retired people here too. Back down at the dock, Granard was standing and looking out to sea. Jay, the guy with the boat, was gone. This place is very strange, Granard said, I'll be glad to see the back of it. What was that? Who knows, I said, I think I'm gonna go have a lie down. He was tired too, so we went back to the inn and the girl showed us our room. The windows were open to air the place out, two single beds, bathroom down the hall. Granard locked the door. I pulled the sheets back and got in, in my uniform. The sheets were kind of stiff and smelled a bit musty, but I was asleep before I even had time to really notice. What was that? I was startled awake. It was Granard, He was in his underwear. I guess he'd taken his clothes off to go to bed. He was listening at the door. It was evening now, and he must have closed the windows. But Granard was right. There was a lot of shuffling and whispering on the other side of the door. Out the window, I couldn't see anything, a few lights and a few houses. What do you think's going on? I don't know. Then the doorknob turned. The door was still locked and whoever was on the other side started jiggling the doorknob more. What do we do? I don't know. Then from the other side of the door, Go get the key! We've got to get out of here. I opened the window. There was an awning below. Granard was putting on his pants when we heard the key sliding into the lock. I jumped out and landed on the awning with a thud. It didn't actually hurt as much as I thought it would. Granard, come on! I guess he gave up on the pants because he jumped out the window without them. We looked up and the waitress, the old guys, and some other men we hadn't seen before were all crowding in the window to look at us. I jumped down to the street and rolled in the gravel a bit. Granite was hesitating but I could see that all the weirdos had left our room and were probably coming downstairs to get us. Come on! I shouted and started running up the main road. I heard Granard fall on the ground, and then he was running too. I looked back to let him catch up, and the townsfolk were indeed coming after us. Around a curve in the road, Granard shouted, "'Down there!' pointing to one of the wagon tracks that went off the main road. We ran down there, through the woods. It was dark, and after a while, we stopped. "'I don't hear them anymore,' I said. "'What in the hell is going on around here?' I don't know, they're probably not used to visitors. I think they meant to harm us. No kidding, we've got to get out of here. How, where are we going to go to? Go back? Let's go back, maybe they're still out looking for us. We can grab the boat. What if they're waiting for us? This track must lead somewhere, let's keep going. So we kept going for a while and it turned out that he was right. The track ended at a gate and the woods opened onto a field. It was odd because the field had been cleared in the middle of the woods, and not too long ago either, I don't think. Some of the tree stumps looked not so old. Come on, maybe there's a farmhouse, Granard said. I didn't think so, but we both hopped over the fence. We made our way across the field. I couldn't see any houses or anything, but then I stepped on a branch. It made a loud sound, and we both froze, sensing that something was wrong. Then... There was grunting we'd woken something up it was kind of behind us we turned there was a red glow and we just stood there unable to believe our eyes three young glowing red cows they were walking towards us slowly then they flared their nostrils one bore its teeth and they were sharp instead of not sharp then they charged after us we both ran We couldn't go back the way we came so we ran forward getting separated. I scrambled over the fence before a cow could get me and the cow stopped at the fence. I walked along the perimeter and eventually found Granard, he was still catching his breath. The cows seemed to have calmed down so we went back around to the path we'd arrived on and then we saw a sign we'd missed coming in. Keep out, experimental farm. We didn't say much. But we couldn't do anything but go back the way we'd come as quietly as possible. I heard Granard's teeth chattering. He was all sweaty in his underpants and undershirt, and now I guessed he was getting cold. When we got close to the village, we just went through the woods as carefully as we could. We didn't see or hear anyone. We went down to the dock, and the boat was tied up there. We waited, but it really seemed like the coast was clear. "'so we snuck onto the dock, untied the boat, and rowed out as quietly as we could. "'Then there were torches all through the town. "'There!' it was the waitress. "'She ran out onto the dock. "'The townsfolk followed, but they just stood there in silence, watching us row away. "'We took turns rowing. "'I was tired and starving. "'Granard was freezing. "'I don't think we really knew what to say to each other, so we didn't say much of anything.' When Dawn started poking her fingers through the clouds on the horizon, we could make out the bunker where the trucks were. We put the boat ashore, and with nary a word we hopped into our trucks and started back to St. Gaff's. For me, the drive was a sad one. As we drove by the radio station, I realized, with sharp pangs of regret, that I must have left the box of vacuum tubes behind somewhere, I was returning from this perilous misadventure completely and totally empty handed. When we did get back to town, Granard went his way in his underpants and I went mine. I got to the Billings Memorial Milk Station late. I just went to Corwin's office and decided to tell him exactly what had happened. I was pretty nervous, but it was, after all, his idea to blame Granard's fish. It wasn't a bad idea, of course, but it didn't really turn out the way we'd thought it would. Corwin told me to get to my route and that we'd talk about all of this another time. The rest of the week went by as usual. Travis was still looking out to sea with his spyglass. Mrs. Noseworthy was still annoyed. And Whelan still wanted his fish sandwiches. I went to Granard's shop as usual. We made a bit of small talk, but didn't mention what had happened. The health inspector had come to St. Gaff's, and Beaver spoke with him. I also saw Beaver talking to Granard. Maybe that's why Granard never spoke about those red cows or the town of Aftaglay to anyone. But still, it seemed like there was a bond between us now. And then, one day, after work, Corwin pulled up in a milk truck while I was walking home. Howie, get in. We need to talk.